Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the live edition of Peddling Fiction. I, of course, am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita, and back with me on another lovely, hilarious Friday afternoon is Justin Hillbilly Boy Campbell. What's up, man? You're muted. <laughs> is this your first time doing a live show? <laughs> All right. Well, while Justin deals with some technical difficulties... I will say that we're going to be covering quite a bit of Donald Trump today uh, for obvious reasons. We had the the deposition that he did uh, it was either late last week or earlier this week. And then, of course, the epic CNN town hall that everyone is talking about. I got to say, I mean, even just the intro to this show cracks me up every time I hear Donald Trump speak. He is like one of the funniest people on the planet. I just can't stop laughing. Every time I just hear him say, I know words, I have the best words. <laughs> just like, I laugh every single time. And I've, I've heard him say that. Like literally, I don't know how many episodes of this podcast we've done, but I've heard him probably say it a thousand times and it's still, it never gets old. Am I back? Can you see me, hear me? Yes. Everything's good. Yeah, we're all good on your end. As soon as I hit play the intro and got us added into the background, my screen just spazzed out like everything flashed and I couldn't see or hear anything. I had to. I had we to, can uh, see you, but yeah, you, you were showing up as muted. So but anyway. Cool. Uh, technology. <laughs> what, what was your uh, your reaction to the town hall? Did you watch it live? Uh, I. Uh, I watched off and on throughout the night. I didn't. I didn't watch the whole thing consecutively, but I kind of popped in and popped in and out uh, just to just to see how it was going. And then also, as soon as it was over, like the highlights, just the highlight reels just started hitting Twitter, and so use that to kind of pick up on all the stuff that I missed. I mean, um, my initial reaction was, "Holy hell, what was CNN thinking?" Like. <laughs> They, they really, really misplayed uh, this one. I, I think, like, like I think that the idea they had was we're going to get him up here and we're going to corner him in all these lies and we're going to really make him look bad and we're going to call him out on all of it and then he and he's going to get mad and he was instead he was measured and he brought receipts and he like he just dismantled everything that that she had to say. It was, 
it was pretty obvious that their their plan was just to sort of yeah at, focus on January sixth and uh, the election fraud and just try to get him uh, to admit to something or get some sort of soundbite that they could play over and over again running up into the election and yeah it, you know it reminded me a little bit of the um uh the kathy newman interview with jordan peterson even though jordan peterson's reaction uh the way he handled it was a lot different than the way trump handled it but it was just like constant sort of gotcha questions and then none of them just landing and the moderator kind of looking like a buffoon and just so transparently obvious what they were trying to do and they just weren't very good at doing it. it it's so funny how nobody can handle donald trump nobody um and then of course the reaction to it was just delicious as well uh everyone is upset all of these um democrats are just beside themselves they're angry at cnn and and it's just it was really something to watch. It was probably, I, I, I mean, I don't watch a lot of these town halls. I mean, usually I just do it for podcast material, but this was easily the most entertaining one I've ever seen. Not a lot of substance to it, but it was just pure fucking entertainment, political theater, which for me is is great. Well, and, and like CNN lost across the board on this thing because they also afterwards, they did like open panels with uh like people who were there and and they were asking them trying to ask them the same pointed questions that they were asking trump and those people just handled handled them as well and then they also the 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 interviewer or whatever her name was um he said she was a nat being a nasty person or whatever and they got all mad about that but if you go back and watch the clips she's sitting at like if that's if this is like exclusively resting bitch face and that's just how she looks normally, I don't know how she got onto television because the whole time she's got a scowl. She's just like, yeah. the The hatred towards him was palpable. Um, it's just I, I don't know the way he the way he handles it is just so goddamn funny to me. Uh, it was just I was watching it and I was like, wow, I can't believe that this is such a shit show. Like it was completely out of control. <laughs> they, they fucked up in trying to attack. Like that's, that's where Donald Trump is at his best. When he's a counter puncher, when he can sit there and let them come at him and then just, <clears throat> just take that and then jab back. Like that's, that's what he's best at. Like the 2016, yeah, uh, um, election cycle with all of the debates and everything leading up to the actual election, both in the Republican primaries and the debates with Hillary. That's what he did best was stand there, let them say their shit, and then just waylay them back every single time. Yeah, the, which is which was his failure in twenty twenty because he tried to be on the offensive and he made himself look like an idiot. If like if CNN had any sense, they would have. They would have sat back, asked like meatball or, you know, thrown him some meatball questions and let him talk himself into a corner. But instead, they tried to go on the offensive. They tried to go after him and attack him. And that set him up perfectly to do exactly what it is he does. Yeah. Well, 
the other thing that's just painfully obvious, and we see this all over the, the internet, but especially with these networks like CNN and MSNBC, they never really talk to anybody that they disagree with. And when they do, they are severely overmatched and just completely out of touch. You know, you see these videos of the, you know, uh, the man on the street interviews where they, they go up to somebody and they ask him a question about like, oh, why do you hate Donald Trump? And then they just say like some retarded thing that is, is completely false. And then when you call them out on it, they're like, oh, you know, I have to I have to go now. Uh, I really got to go because they just don't know how to deal with um with the other the other side of anything and they've never been challenged on this and none of these cnn hosts have ever had to really uh like cut their teeth against somebody who who can like um who has answers to their questions and can kind of put like counter punch like you were saying um even though i didn't think donald trump said anything of of real substance uh it, it's it's really obvious that on a lot of these topics he's got like nothing <laughs> It's just, but none of the questions that they were asking them had to like were relevant at all. Like why they think people care. It it just shows how out of touch they are. They're still on January 6th. They're still on that. They're still on election interference. And like everybody else, nobody really cares. Nobody that's like interested in, in Donald Trump gives a rip about something that happened three years ago. It's just so irrelevant and and so um, minor to them. They're still on the Russia the thing. Entire time, yeah. They still right. think he's. They think they still think Russia interfered with the 2016 election. They like they can't let it go. They they don't have anything else to anything else to cling to. Yeah, and in the um, like you said, in like the focus group afterwards, I, I only saw one clip of this. But it was just a perfect example of how CNN just sucks at everything because they're asking some guys like, well, you know, were you disappointed that Trump wasn't talking about the future in 2024 and what to do uh, going forward? And they're like, well, the first question you asked them was about 2020. Like You were just harping on this old stuff. And he's like, well, wouldn't you have preferred to hear him talk about you know, the next couple of years, like what you're going to do in the future. And he's like, did you ask him any questions like that? And he's like, well, no, but he should have just been talking about it. He's like, he's answering your fucking questions. Right. It's uh, unbelievable. That was, that the guy, yeah, and the guy even, um, like he even admitted, he was like, yeah, I guess we could have, could have asked the yeah. questions better. Yeah, maybe we should have oh, maybe shit. we should have asked those questions and then you know if you ask donald trump about 2024 and all he wants to do is talk about 2020 then you have a point but until you do that there was no question about i, I as far as i remember there was nothing about the future except like maybe what are you going to do about ukraine which i mean that was and will you accept the election results like that was it and his answer to both of those were perfect. Like the that was the only yeah, dude. That was that was wild. I don't know how many um how many clips we have we have to play from the show because it was like the top ten list or something that I think that I sent you. But that was just one of the most cra the craziest moment was just how and and this is another thing that I just despise about the corporate press, where they will just in order to try to get Donald Trump. They will flirt with fucking World War Three, nuclear war, where they're just like, will you declare Putin a war criminal right now? And, and he's just like, 
no, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to fucking make this harder to, to solve than it is. And I don't want to provoke this guy into doing something even crazier than he's already done. But they were they were completely ready to just to do that, to try to get Donald Trump to call Putin a war criminal and make it impossible to end this war in a, in a peaceful way. And they do the same thing with these riots that they stoke in all of these cities. They, they are perfectly fine with putting millions of people's lives in danger in order to get like a, a gotcha. It's, it's unbelievably uh, just despicable. Yeah, it's. Uh, they have they have like no sense of irony, and they have a severe lack of like, um, I guess spatial awareness is what I would call it. Like they don't seem to they don't seem to be able to feel out the room. They don't seem to be able to like put their put their finger on what it is. Especially CNN, like all the rest of them are bad about it, but CNN is like exceptionally bad about it like they just they've they've been running articles for the last month and a half or or so and and posting them on twitter and they've just been getting obliterated by the community notes and and then people are bringing like people bringing receipts and posting like screenshots and pictures and and links and stuff in the in the uh in in the replies to the tweet itself with their article and then they just delete it and post it again and get blasted again over and over. Like it's, it's been fucking hilarious. I, I have been enjoying watching it. Uh, I've actually been just following CNN exclusively for the shit show. That is them getting obliterated every time they post something. It's like, it, 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 I mean, it's incredible to see just how unprepared they are. And I remember somebody, some guy on Twitter was going on like a tirade. They're like, you know, uh, Donald Trump brought receipts and and CNN, if they had known blah, 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 they should have brought like they could have brought receipts to, to counter all of his lies and all this thing. It's like, dude, you knew what questions you were going to ask. Why didn't you just if you have the, the, the truth on your side and you have the receipts, uh, present them <laughs> instead of just saying, no, that's not true. No, that's wrong. That's false. That's not true. That, that never happened. Uh you, you had plenty of time to prepare for this and you just came off. It, it was like the first time they've done something like this and they, they had no idea what to expect from Donald Trump. I mean, I knew exactly what he was going to say to almost every single one of those questions. It was just so obvious. Uh, do we want to run some of the clips? Uh, speaking of him bringing receipts, I've got that one. Uh, that was a classic moment. Oh yeah. my gosh! Like, and I mean, that was that was like classic Trump on top of it. Like, uh, yeah, somebody's definitely going to. Uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. So this is when they're she was um, drilling him about why he didn't um, tweet sooner about um, you know telling people not to storm the Capitol, and she's like, "You waited three hours. You know, three hours passed before you told them not to." Um, not to be violent extremists and in, insurrectionists or whatever. And because he, you know, because he has so much influence over his followers and they'll do anything he says, he was very irresponsible and not saying something sooner. 
back to what happened on that day. You said you weren't. He did not say that. He has testified that, Mr. President. He did not say that. But you said you weren't very involved that day. You did tell your supporters to come to Washington. You tweeted about it, about that speech that happened on the rally. Am I allowed to say that? When they went to the Capitol and they were breaking into the Capitol, smashing windows, injuring police officers, why did you, why did it take you three hours to tell them to go home? I don't believe it did. Oh, let me pull it out. I have to pull it out. Dude, somebody is definitely going to make a video that I need to pull it out. <laughs> and he's so, <laughs> he so deftly played the crowd through this whole thing. I, I mean, Trump's ability to park a room is amazing. Like, like for as much as, as CNN seems to like lack the ability to read a room, Trump, generally speaking, does it really well. I, there have been some, well... There have been some occasions where, like, he's tried to talk about the vaccine stuff and gotten booed, yeah. where he he really didn't seem to get it. But when when he's in a a, sit, a setting like this, he he plays the room really well. Yeah, well, it was a very interesting room. Like, I what I wasn't expecting it to just be like one hundred percent Donald Trump supporters because it's CNN. But I guess you know it makes sense because it's a Republican presidential town hall. But. Yeah, it was it was definitely his his kind of crowd. And yeah, CNN just has no no feel for these kind of people. They're just so out of touch. So if you look at on January 5th, the day before, I said, please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful. Stay peaceful. This was the day before. And this was in the form of Twitter. Now use truth, truth social. I think it's far superior, okay? I hope everybody's like, I hope everybody's on truth. Uh, if you look January 6th, at two, before 2.30, I am asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. This is right after, as it was happening. But what happened is they took it down. I don't know why. I think they took it down because it was so good. They didn't like it being up there. <laughs> I am asking, this is, and we didn't know until I got it back, because now I have 90 million people waiting for me to go back, but I'm on truth, and I'm staying on truth. Listen, I am asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. No violation. It's, we want no violation. We want no violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. That was at 2.30. That was very early. Mr. President, I looked at the same timeline that you did. Once no, I know, but you clear, didn't report that. You know why? Because it was we taken did report down. it. I, I was reporting it was that taken thing. down, or it wasn't. But when it was clear, is that so? I, that was one thing that I um, found kind of interesting. Is that his were his tweets taken down? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. that's that's pretty fucking interesting. Where he's they like, were they were suppressing his tweets throughout the day. Like even like basically anything that he would tweet, they would they would take it down. That's probably why he has printouts of, of all of those because he was, he was doing, um, I guess you could say his due diligence on his end and, and he was getting suppressed by, by Twitter. Yeah. And then, and then CNN turns around and be like, yeah, you weren't tweeting enough during this event and you waited so long. It's like, no, nope, I did. Here are the receipts. Let me pull them out. I got to pull it out. <laughs> I can't wait for somebody to put that put that together with some Kamala Harris clips. Uh, somebody should already be on that, but it's just do not come. I have to pull it out. 
<laughs> if I knew how to do that sort of editing, I would I, I would have already had that circulating. But I'm, I have faith in the internet. So, but yeah, just a- absolutely hilarious work in the crowd, pulling out fucking screenshots of his tweets. Like he knew like Trump, he is a buffoon, but he's not an idiot. He, you know, he knew exactly what CNN was going to try to do to him. And, you know, a lot of people, I think, you know, in some naive sense, they, they go on these, uh, these, these channels that are like, uh, just so against them. And they think they'll get like, you know, maybe it's going to be a challenging interview, but they're not going to like do me dirty and they're not going to like really fucking cut up the clips to make me look like a horrible person. But that's exactly what they do. I, I remember uh, this was years ago. I think it was uh, it was like Daily Show. I think. Yeah, it was uh, it was the Daily Show. Peter Schiff went on there to talk about the minimum wage and. And they cut it up into like, you know, like a, a minute and a 90 second segment or something like that. And they would they would ask a question and then they would take like something he said completely out of context in like a completely different question and just throw it in there. So it just sounds like uh, he has no argument against this. And then you hear um, his side of it. He's like, yeah, they interviewed me for four hours. I sat there for four hours and talked to them about the minimum wage and they put out 90 seconds of it out of order to make me look as bad as possible. And then they won't release the the full interview. They do all kinds of crazy shit like this. They're, they're really, they really are the enemy of the people. And Donald Trump goes in there like completely prepared to handle it. And they go in there completely unprepared to to do him dirt like they they had nothing all she could do was just kind of re- repeat the questions like five times and just like and he's like you want me to answer it again i'll answer it exactly like i did before and like like <clears throat> what was really kind of insane about it is they have been caught cnn has been caught in like editing this stuff and uh, like they did a they did a article about some of uh, Tucker Carlson's tweets where or not tweets uh, text messages where he said stuff that was like really hateful and racist. And then when you see the and they just clip like three lines out of it where he said something about wanting to see uh, physical harm done to this guy and talking about how that's not how white people or that's not how white men fight. Like they made this all out to it was Tucker being this like violent extremist and racist and blah 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 and then when you look at the entire like they just show this much of of the text but the text is actually this long and when you read the entire thing it's it's a really well written like well thought out uh like him coming to terms with yeah he's like my initial gut reaction was wishing him harm and then i like i thought about it for a second and i didn't want to be that guy or like something along those lines and he's like all right that's he's just having like an internal dialogue with himself (laughs) and just like yeah and they set up right right. and they set up these you know they don't do themselves any favors because they like set up these inflammatory headlines and then you're like oh my god let me let me see this like really bad thing that Tucker said or that Trump did. And then you read it and you're just like, is that it? That's the thing. All right. Um, yeah. I don't really care. <laughs> well, they rely, com- they rely completely on being able to twist and reframe a narrative around what they want. The fact that CNN 
would do a live town hall with Donald Trump and put him in his element, like that was that was a poor judgment call on their part. And then the way that um, the gosh, now I can't I can't remember her name, Caitlin something or other. I think Collins. Yeah, Caitlin Collins. Yeah. I think like the way that she approached the entire interview. I saw I saw it in a tweet that worded it perfectly. Like she made this a debate between her and Trump, which set her up for everything that came that came out of this. Like if she had just been a moderate interviewer and asked questions without being combative, without being hostile, without making the questions into uh, like attempted gotchas and and her tone, her face, like just everything about the way she conducted herself was highly unprofessional. It was it, it was very combative is like the best word that I can think of for it. She she looked like she was on the offensive trying to go hostile, trying to be hostile towards Donald Trump almost from the beginning. Like she came right out of the gate like that. I don't Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a really weird dynamic. Um they got uh what did Sean just say they got many more views. Yeah, they did get they got 3.3 million, I think, uh to Sean's question in the chat there, which is yeah, probably uh at least twice what they normally get <laughs> on, on what like their primetime program. So yeah, I, I don't know if it was a bad I don't know if it was a bad business decision. It's interesting. It's, it's, I mean it's a good business decision as a one-off. It's not a good decision as a long-term plan for success because now most of the people who watched were, were probably Trump supporters and the ones who were uh, not TD, uh, TD, TDS, TDS. Uh, sufferers, they may not come back. Uh, in fact, um, uh, whereas, let me see if I can find the clip where uh, uh Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper, yes, says says that he wouldn't blame them if they don't come back. Yeah, the reaction has been as good as any Trump derangement syndrome reaction. Like they are so upset about this. <laughs> you know, it's just like, how dare you give him a platform to spew his lies? And this is so bad for our democracy. And it's just like, oh god. Yeah, go ahead and roll this. It's like a formal <laughs> apology or something. I like Sean's comment. There is no long-term plan for success. <laughs> Their demo is 65 to dead. Disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> Many of you are upset that someone who attempted to destroy our democracy was invited to sit on the stage in front of a crowd of Republican voters to answer questions and predictably continued to spew lie after lie after lie. And I get it. It was disturbing. It was disturbing to see and hear that person refer to a black law enforcement officer as a thug, an adjective he used many times to describe black men, and call Caitlin Collins, the moderator, nasty, which is what he calls any woman who stands up to him. It was disturbing to hear him speak so highly of QAnon conspirators and insurrectionists who assaulted police officers in our democracy on January 6th. And it was awful to hear him spread ridiculous lies about the election. And it was certainly disturbing to hear that audience, young and old, our fellow citizens, people who love their kids and go to church, laugh and applaud his lies and his continued defamation of a woman who, according to a jury of his peers, he sexually abused and defamed. As good a job as Caitlin Collins did trying to fact check him, it is impossible to fact check fully because he lies so shamelessly. 
-hmm. Now, many of you think CNN shouldn't have given him any platform to speak, and I understand the anger about that, giving him the audience, the time, I get that. But this is what I also get. The man you were so disturbed to see and hear from last night, that man is the front runner for the Republican nomination for president. And according to polling, no other Republican is even close. That man you were so upset to hear from last night, he may be president of the United States in less than two years. And that audience that upset you, that's a sampling of about half the country. They are your family members, your neighbors, and they are voting. And many said they're voting for him. Now, maybe you haven't been paying attention to him since he left office. Maybe you've been enjoying not hearing from him, thinking it can't happen again. Some investigation is gonna stop him. Well, it hasn't so far. So if last night showed anything, it showed it can happen again. It is happening again. He hasn't changed, and he is running hard. You have every right to be outraged today and angry and never watch this network again. But do you think staying in your silo and only listening to people you agree with is going to make that person go away? Yeah. The problem is that they do stay in their silos. So they have no idea how to, how to handle this guy in a, in a way that's going to make them look good. Like if Trump did a terrible job at this town hall and he came off as like, just an, like an idiot, a, a complete inept idiot, then they would be cheering on CNN. All the CNN fans would be cheering it on and be like, yeah, look, you made Donald Trump look like a, you know, look like the buffoon that he is. But because he won the night, now they're upset. It's not about giving him a platform. It's about what he did with the platform that they gave him and how, how poorly they handled it. And it's, it's, I think it's because they're, they've never exercised these kinds of muscles before. It's like the first time you work, at, you work out, you're like super, you're bad at it. You're super sore the next day. It's just like, yeah, maybe you should do this a little more often and you'd be better at it. they're not used to being challenged. They're not used to having what they believe be questioned. And so yeah. they don't, I guess it's, it's like the reason that I actually read like the Atlantic and salon and the Washington post and New York times and, and time magazine and Rolling Stone and all of these like leftist rags is because I want to know what the other side thinks, what they're like, what kind of evidence are they bringing to support the the beliefs that they have which is generally none but the, you know the it's the art of war thing like you you need to know your enemy and understand your enemy in order to to have a chance and they don't want anything to do with that like they it, the problem is because they don't actually have any substance backing the things that they believe if they went yeah. and started looking at the other side and what the other side believes and why they believe it they might end up turning over to the other side. Like they, they'd come to the dark side. We have cookies. Yeah. It, it's tough because it, yeah, if you know your, um, <laughs> if you know your, your ideas are very thin, they're all just like surface platitudes that sound kind of good when you say them. And if you scratch the surface a little bit, the whole argument falls apart. Then you're kind of afraid to, to challenge it and, and look at other viewpoints and, and really, um, sort of steel man, steel man, their arguments. So it doesn't really surprise me, but it's just kind of fucking funny that you, they, it doesn't sound like they do any due diligence 
before coming out before doing these types of things. And you would think you'd want to be prepared so that you don't look like an inept idiot on national TV in front of 3.3 million people. I, I, that was, I had a, uh, an English comp class where everything that we did was a position piece. You would, the professor would put like different topics on the board and you had to pick one and you had to, you had to state what your position was on it, but you also had to state what the opposing position was on it and explain why your position was correct. And like, I, I feel like, I feel like nobody on the left has had any level of, of, uh, like that type of a, a training where you have to you have to be able to not only give your own example of or you know state your own case you also have to be able to dismantle the other case otherwise it's it's just opinion like you have to you have to have something to build your your case on and and you know the other side you may end up finding out that they were actually right and that's you know that's why it's uh that's why you have to do your research on that yeah, well, and I, along those lines, I found it interesting some of the topics that they decided to to really harp on, particularly the um, the classified document stuff, where it literally came out, you know, like that Joe Biden was doing the exact same thing to a much worse degree, you know, like no security, like eighteen thousand fucking documents or something just sitting in a fucking garage somewhere, and it's just like. I don't understand. And, and, you know, Trump kept bringing up that point. Do we have any clips of that? Uh, I've got one where he was talking about the, uh, yeah, let me get it pulled up. It, it was just so bizarre that you, that's what you would attack him for when he clearly has like a count, you know, he's like, yeah, your guy did it too. And, and then they just sort of gloss over that point and just keep hammering him for doing it. It's just like, everybody's doing it. By the way, they were declassified not after, really? not, not that I can think of. Let me just tell you. I have the absolute right to do whatever I want with them. I have the right. I was negotiating with NARA. Do you know what NARA is? The National Archives. Extremely, but you extremely don't left group of them. people. Extremely left. And I was negotiating with they're them. All of a sudden, they raided my house. They didn't raid the house of Joe Biden. They didn't raid Obama. But Joe Biden didn't ignore a subpoena to get those documents back like Joe you Biden did. And took so that's 1850 the question. But that's the question that investigators have, I think, is why you held on to those documents when you knew the federal government was seeking them and then had given you a subpoena to return them. Are you them. ready? Are you ready? Can I talk? Yeah, what's you the mind? answer? Can I, do you mind? I would like for you to answer the question. Okay, it's very simple to answer. That's why I asked it. It's very simple to You're a nasty person, I'll tell you. <laughs> Can you answer why, you, why you held on to the documents? I was negotiating and we were talking to NARA. That's why she... Yeah, she set herself up for this like you can't go at trump like that and expect him to not just unleash on you yeah yeah like it, it, it's like throwing a haymaker but you drop your left hand <laughs> so they parry it and they just fucking clock you i, I mean the, the nasty person thing i mean that that played a lot better to me with hillary clinton <laughs> He's like, you're a nasty woman. But um, yeah, it's just, I, I don't understand where, what they were trying to do with this. It, it's just such an easy thing. 
to get around. And he was, if I remember this correctly, like the reports were like they they were negotiating, you know, and they came by and they like looked at, you know, they looked at where he was keeping the documents and he was complying with all of the things that they were asking him to comply with. And then all of a sudden they just raided his house. They had literally two or three weeks prior to the raid. They had been there securing everything and making sure that his like security for the storage of all the documents and stuff was up to up to par and and met all right. of their requirements and expectations like they had literally just been there within two or three weeks prior to the raid like so you can't act like he's holding these documents that he's ignoring some subpoena when they've been in the house checking where he's keeping like they knew exactly where he was keeping them because they made sure that the area was secure right yeah and then again it's just like yeah um do you like if you're if you're this upset with me doing it what about the guy that's in office right now that took him when he was a vice president what about the you know what about about like what about all these other guys that are doing the exact same thing none of them got raided like it's just so clearly a fucking vendetta against him and it's just a really bad topic to go at him for really bad of all the things that you could get Donald Trump for, it's like the classified document thing is just so ridiculous. The nuclear code. What happened to the nuclear code? I would have brought that up if I was him. I was like, oh, yeah, those nuclear codes, right, that I stole <laughs> that never seemed to materialize. Yeah, okay. Oh, and then the fact that it was it was revealed basically immediately that none of the stuff that he had was of any value or importance like at all of course there was yeah you just like at this point you have to know that if they had anything on him it would it would be out if they had anything damning those documents would be like look what he took look at this look at how dangerous this is but it was all just a bunch of speculation and then nothing came of it and the reason nothing came of it was because there was nothing that they could even possibly spin in a way to make it look like it was something serious. It's like the whole Russia thing where they, they kept harping yeah. on how <clears throat> Russia collusion, Russia collusion. And then whenever all of the actual uh, research and investigation gets done, it turns out that the Russians were working with Hillary's campaign. Right. Like, yeah. And then the whole thing goes away, except that they still bring it back and they try to hammer like Russian collusion. Like yeah, we didn't like all those, just like, five, like we weren't yeah. all right there reading the fucking report that said that they were actually working with Hillary, not Donald Trump. Yeah, but then there was like that list of like five things that Mueller thought were like violations or something. And it was just like such a thin, pathetic list that nobody like it was the biggest nothing burger of all time. But they're like, look, look at this. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's nothing. Nobody cares. <laughs> you were accusing him of fucking of being a Russian asset. <laughs> and, and this is what you got. It, it's like the, the same thing with the with the lawsuit. Where it's just like all you have him doing is uh, sending money to some fucking sending hush money to some hooker, and he didn't even send it. <laughs> it's like, or he sent it directly from his own accounts. It's just like what? There's there's just nothing here. He's Teflon Don, and they just keep coming at him, and they keep fucking missing. Man, it's it's really interesting to watch, and the the reaction to it is just classic. It's just so classic because every single time they think they're going to get him, it's just like Lucy pulling the football out from underneath Charlie Brown. 
every time and it never gets old. What uh what other clips do we have? Do we have any more highlights from the from those exchanges? I'm trying to think of what other Oh yeah. Let's play yeah, maybe some of the the Ukraine stuff. I thought that was that, that was the only time I liked like a lot of his answers where I was like, "Okay, that's a good answer." Yeah. Do you want Ukraine to win this war? Uh, I don't think in terms of winning and losing. I think in terms of getting it settled so we stop killing all these people and breaking down this, this country. Now, what do you... Can I just follow up on that? You said you don't think you in terms of winning and losing. Mr. President, can I just follow up on that because that's a really no, important statement me, let me just you just made up. there. Can you say if you want Ukraine or Russia to win this war? I want everybody to stop dying. They're dying, Russians and Ukrainians. I want them to stop dying. And I'll have that done. I'll have that done in 24 hours. I'll have it done. You need the power of the presidency to do it. When you were in office, you said that you respected President Putin. Do yeah, you I still do. respect him today? Uh, he made a tremendous mistake. Made it, he made it. He's a smart guy. What was his it mistake? Would have, his mistake was going in. He would have never gone in if I was president. We used to talk about it there. Do you believe that Putin is a war criminal? He's responsible for the deaths of thousands well, of Ukrainian men and women. Well, I think this. I think it's something that not, should not be discussed now. It should be discussed later. Because right now, we have to get a war. If you say he's a war criminal, it's going to be a lot tougher to make a deal to get this thing stopped. Because if he's going to be a war criminal, where people are going to go and grab him and execute him, he's going to fight a lot harder than he's fighting, you know, under the other circumstance. Uh, that's something to be discussed at a later date. If his, the correct response there... Uh, should have been when she asked, "Is Putin a war criminal?" He should have thrown it back and said, "Is George W. Bush a war criminal? Is Barack Obama a war criminal?" They carpet bombed the shit out of Afghanistan, Iraq. Like they have yeah. just as many, if not more, bodies on their hands, both U.S. and and foreign. So, if we're yeah, going to the only problem with that is that he he's in that group too. <laughs> so you, that's a tough argument. Like. I, I bet you she wouldn't even be able to throw that back at him. Like, well, you did it. You know, you're also a war criminal then. And then he's in a tough spot. But that that is the correct answer if you weren't serving as president before. It's like, yeah, Putin's a war criminal. So is every fucking president in my lifetime. <laughs> that kind of thing. But, you know, short of that, that was a really good answer to a, a very a potentially dangerous question. Like, just, it's just so irresponsible. I, I couldn't believe she was trying to get him to call him a war criminal on national TV while he's waging a fucking war with all of these nuclear weapons. It's like, can we just not throw gasoline on this fire? But well, and 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 they have they have such a hard on for the only way that this can end is Ukraine absolute victory. Yeah, that's it. There's well, that's no the other, other yeah. option. Yeah, if Trump had any um, like any more than just surface knowledge of what was going on, he could have broken down the situation and why Ukraine isn't this white knight that everybody in the corporate press makes them out to be, and that this is a much more complicated thing. It's just not as black and white as Russia Russia bad, Ukraine good, no matter what. Um, he could have dropped some real truth bombs if he knew what he was talking about, but he doesn't. So as far as like the, the best answer he could have given was like, yeah, I just want this to come to an end as, as quickly, as peacefully as possible. <laughs> and yeah, he just like CNN just falls flat on their face again. Unbelievable, man.
you know, on the war criminal thing, because he is a combination of self-deprecating and self-aggrandizing to a, like an impressive extent and his ability to play a room. Like if he had done that right, he'd have been like, is, is George W. Bush a war criminal? Is Barack Obama a war criminal? Am I a war criminal? And then played up the crowd and got them all like That's cheering true. him on and shit. <laughs> yeah. They'd either have to say, yes, you all are, or, no, just you and Obama's not. <laughs> right, because that's what they would. Yeah. That's what they would try to say. Oh well, obviously George W. Bush is, and and clearly you are, but Barack Obama's not. Never mind that Obama yeah. dropped more bombs than either of the either of the bookends there. Yeah, right. Yeah, that that's that's a good point. Yeah, there were a lot of ways that he could have even just made them look even even worse and try to get them to admit something. But I, I thought it was interesting that she pushed back on it. Like she had got like she's like, oh, yeah, here's my gotcha opportunity. He's not for Ukraine winning. He's not going to say Ukraine has to win. And it was just like, wow, you're that you're that out of touch again on every issue. It's like, what is it like to just be wrong about everything? It must be something to go through life like that and think that, oh, this is my big opening. I just want to follow up I, one more time. So you're not saying that Ukraine must win this war. Well, I mean, it's that it's, it's that bubble. It's that echo chamber bubble that they live in because what what Trump said is going to play well to his base. It's going to play well to a lot of the people who are somewhere like moderate or in the middle who are kind of fed up with the whole Ukraine war and the billions upon billions of aid that the U.S. is dumping into that while we're also sitting around with our roads and everything else going into disrepair with you know inflation running rampant you got housing shortages and everything else like they're watching us just shovel billions upon billions upon billions into a foreign country that we have no investment in or i mean we as the american people have no investment in obviously the people in washington are very deeply invested in it uh to the tune of like millions upon millions of dollars if you just look at the uh the stuff that they're coming out with and uh, the the committee that's been investigating uh, Biden's shady dealings over the course of his career. But like the general, the average American person is like, why are we doing this? The only people who are like super hard, got a hard on for Ukraine has to win are just the uber crazed leftists for the most part. Yeah, well, that was one of the points that Trump kept harping on was how much money we're spending versus the rest of NATO. <laughs> and that that's so Donald Trump where he's just like, this is a bad deal. We're getting the short end of this deal. We're spending billions and they're only spending we're spending 170 billion. They're only spending 20 all together, like combined. And they're right there. And we're way over here. It's not a, it's not like I mean, it's a point. But it's just that's kind of the way he views all these things. It's like we're getting ripped off. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a good way to put things into perspective, though, for the average American person, like the average. Yeah, American like, again, is looking the, at, yeah you know, the average person. Yeah, they don't have any clue what's really going on either. Can't find Ukraine on a map. But when you're just like, yeah, we're paying this much, they're paying this. And this is a bad deal. I'm going to negotiate a better deal because everything I do is such a narcissist. dude. It's hilarious. I don't know why they took it down. Probably because it's so good. <laughs> it's like it's so goddamn funny how how narcissistic he is. Well, and then uh, so CNN has kind of been in like damage control since this whole thing happened. They've been trying to 
trying to remove stuff, but I mean, it's, it's too, it's too out there. Like there's, there's way too much for them to control all of these clips and stuff. The damage has been done, but that, they were yesterday. There were reports that CNN was like removing, was removing stuff from the, from the whole Trump town hall. <laughs> well, yo, the other thing is they cut it short by like, they had, I think they had allotted as much as 75 minutes for this town hall and they pulled the plug on it early. Like they could have gone for like another 20 minutes if they wanted to. And they were realizing just how bad this was going. And so they just pulled the fucking ripcord. And they're like, all right, let's, we're done here. This is enough. They're throwing in the fucking towel. Well, and then like after, afterwards, there were, I don't know. I don't know if it was CNN videos or if it was just like people who were there filming or whatever, but there were, there were videos of Trump, like on the stage, like talking to people and waving and like just being being a dude and it was like it was really it was really kind of cool like they 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 way way misplayed this whole thing do, yeah. do uh can we have do we have a clip of him talking about the the lawsuit with uh what's her name jean something uh oh no i don't met. i didn't pull one of those up i I don't See know if that. it's in that. Is it in that top? I sent you an article with like the top ten moments or something like that. I think it was from Zero Hedge, because that would segue very nicely into our deposition clips that I want to play. Yeah, E. Jean Carroll. Yeah, that's the one. Thank you, Sean. There's got to be a clip in there of him talking about that. Yeah, I gotta look. Let's see. Let's see. Where is it? Yeah, I got. I got to say, while you, while you look for that, this whole thing just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I'm I'm tempted to kind of believe what he's saying, where he's just like, I I never met this woman. I don't know. Like I just like when I go into a building, it's a big fucking deal because I'm Donald Trump, and I'm just I just like walked into this building and nobody knew I was there, and I just went back into this uh, changing room and and started like sexually harassing this chick. It just there's something about it that just sounds outrageous, even for Trump. So did you see there was, uh, oh gosh, there was a article that was going around earlier today that was showing where her story was effectively like a carbon copy of a Law and Order episode from like a few years before she had made her claims. <laughs> Oh man, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, this is like it, it. It sounds exactly like the shit that they were trying to pull with um, Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court. Uh, yeah, go ahead and roll this. Because what's happening is they're doing this for election interference. This woman, I don't know her. I never met her. I have no idea who she is. I had a picture taken years ago with her and her husband, nice guy, John Johnson. He was a newscaster, very nice man. She called him an ape, happens to be Afri African-American, called him an ape. The judge wouldn't allow us to put that in. Her dog or her cat was named Vagina. The judge wouldn't allow to put that in. All of these things. He would, but with her, they can put in anything. Access this Hollywood. This was a jury of nine people who found right. you liable of sexual abuse. Do you think that, that that will deter women from voting for you? No, I don't think so, because I think the whole thing, just so you understand, ready? I never met this woman. I never saw this woman. This woman said, I met her at the front door of Bergdorf Goodwin, which I rarely go into other than for a couple of charities. 
I met her in the front door. She was about 60 years old, and this is like 22, 23 years ago. I met her in the front door of Bergdorf Goodman. I was immediately attracted to her, and she was immediately attracted to me. And we had this great chemistry. We're walking into a crowded department, so we had this great chemistry. And a few minutes later, we end up in a, a room, a dressing room of Bergdorf Goodman, <laughs> right near the cash register. And then she found out there are locks on the door. So she said, I found one that was open. She found one. She learned this at trial. She found one that was open. What kind of a woman meets somebody and brings them up? And within minutes, you're playing hanky-panky in a dressing room, okay? <laughs> I don't know if he was, she was married then or not. John Johnson, I feel sorry for you, John Johnson. Mr. President. <laughs> Dude, I just got to say, he's so goddamn funny, man. He's so funny. And that does sound absolutely ridiculous. I, I love how his defense, especially, and then we can play some of the, the clips from the deposition, but it's just like, yeah, she's not my type. I only bang like supermodels. What would I be doing with her? <laughs> I only fuck tens. It was, and... CNN, of course, they were going to use it like that's that's been the big the big Trump thing of the week was that he was uh, found guilty sexual of, of sexual abuse and defamation. But the charges, the or the allegation was rape and they couldn't find any evidence of that. There's no actual like evidence of anything. The defamation side of it was she said something and he said that she was lying and there was literally nothing to move forward with a case from 1996 until just now. Oh, and by the way, the, uh, the law or the rule or whatever they got put in place to allow something like this to happen. E. Jean, um, what's her face? E. Jean Carroll, was one of the leading proponents of getting that law passed and organizing the whole thing to begin with. And she's got a like big time DNC donor that backed her entire pushing of that and backed her entire uh, lawsuit in like funded her lawsuit for this whole thing. So like, does none of that come into play? Like it seems kind of coordinated and she's been, Oh my gosh. Like there are clips of her saying some just absolutely insane shit over the years. Like this woman is bad shit. Yeah. I, I know nothing about her, but again, I I've seen pictures of her and I look at her and I'm like, she's crazy. These women are always fucking nuts and you can see it in their eyes. Take it from me. I'm very good at spotting crazy women. <laughs> uh, play, play the one from the deposition where he, he talks about her not being his type. <laughs> oh, my God. We you don't deserve this guy. It's way too much entertainment. Choice. You were referring to her physical looks, correct? I see overall. Not my, I, I look at her. I see her. I hear what she says, whatever. You wouldn't be a choice of mine either, to be honest with you. I hope you're not insulted. I would not, under any circumstances, have any interest in you. I'm being, I'm honest when I say it. 
she I would not have any interest in. <laughs> Dude, I, I just say, be like, I, <laughs> just watching somebody talk to somebody else like that is just so goddamn hilarious. Like, I wouldn't say that to anybody just in regular daily life and this is like a filmed deposition <laughs> it's just like who the fuck is this guy like, i look at God her and i just wouldn't funny. have any interest i mean i wouldn't have any interest in you if we're being honest i don't mean anything bad but it's just not my type yeah not my type okay <laughs> for like relevance <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah then they try to get him with the the grab him by the pussy thing and they bring this up and dude it's like Again, CNN brought this up at the town hall, too, where it's just like everybody thought that this clip was fucking hilarious. And they try to get him a gotcha on CNN after this has already been proven to be like beneficiary, beneficial to Trump. Right. He leans into it. I mean, and you say, and again, this has become very famous in this video. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. Just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Grab them by the pussy. You can do anything. That's what you said, correct? Well, historically, that's true with stars. It's true with stars that, that they can grab women by the pussy? Well, that's what it's... If you look over the last million years, I guess that's been <laughs> largely true. Not always, but largely true. Unfortunately or fortunately. <laughs> and you consider yourself uh, to be a star. I think you can say that, yeah. Yeah, he does. He leans into it. And I mean, you have to lean into it. You, like, there's no uh, apologizing to these people that are coming after you like this is never going to work. So, yeah, I would just, I mean, I, I don't think I would ever say anything like this. But if I did, I guess I'd probably just lean into it. Because, yeah, if you start backpedaling, then they they really start to come after you and and donald trump is just this unapologetic narcissist and they can't they can't handle it they're so used to people being like oh no i don't want to be you know called a misogynist or a racist or a white supremacist so i'm gonna bend over backwards to make you try to think that i'm not that even though there's nothing there's nothing to be gained from that and oh my god i'm so sorry i didn't mean that it wasn't it, it wasn't intentional to and, he's, and then Trump, on the other hand, he's like, yeah, I said it. It's been historically true for, you know, a million years. Yes. Just, if you're famous, you just grab him by the pussy. Yeah. And they let you do it. And that was, that was the thing that he kept harping on in the, the CNN thing. We don't have to play that clip, but it was pretty funny. He's like, I, I said they let you do it. <laughs> they let me. Uh, they let you do it if you're a star. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. There's, I mean, even that, it just. It's funny the way he handles it. And again, this is already, I mean, that was from what, 2016? Seven fucking years ago? We're, we're going to bring that up again? It, it, like asked and answered, this is already proven to not matter to anybody that likes Trump. Um, I just don't, I don't understand what they were trying to go for here. One of the really, like, I wish we had a montage of, uh, all of the like professional athletes who were saying, Oh, that's not locker room talk. And then, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then run those side by side with those literal exact same athletes 
being caught on like a hot mic in a locker room saying some of the most heinous shit. Like that was so yeah. The, yeah, to any human being, yeah, to any human being, like saying like that stuff is not like let's not pretend that we're these um you know these nuns <laughs> that that don't fucking say uh jokingly say stuff like that. I mean, if you took a transcript of any sort of conversation you had, like drunken conversation you had with your buddies or something, and they read it back to you as if you were just having like this sober moment it would sound awful, you know, or like a, a transcript of like, uh, you know, they do this all the time with comedians, like listen to this joke that he told. And then you just read it and reading it. It sounds like it's not funny and it just sounds awful. But if you're actually listening to it, it, it changes the context of everything. That's yeah. It's, it's the things that the things that you say in, you know, in like closed company with, with your friends and stuff like that, or, you know, in a locker room or whatever. I mean, if we were all on a hot mic a hundred percent of the time, then none of us would be employable. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, did we, we had some other stuff queued up for today. Do you want to cover? I know we got to go pretty soon. I say, uh, if let's see, the only other thing I had was the, uh, the response to um, like immigrants being brought into Chicago on the south side you want to do we we should be able to cover yeah. that pretty quickly because it was just a yeah it was it was like a, a viral video type of a type of a thing but it's hilarious yeah and so right now at the border there's that huge migrant caravan and that uh that okay yeah go ahead and roll it that we really established that this is a humanitarian crisis and we're here south shore residents responded with resounding rejection I love that it's like this is a humanitarian crisis and everybody in unison is like boo no fuck you yeah. while this crisis may constitute an emergency for the city of Chicago it does not constitute an emergency for the South Shore community incoming migrants have overwhelmed district police stations by the hundreds it's my turn. It's my turn. Hello. But city leaders could barely eke out a word of the details about a proposed respite center at the former South Shore High School. When it comes to the total number of people at South Shore at any given point in time, it is fluid. We'd start with 250, 500. How could you do that without consulting us? I am concerned with safety in the area. I, I, I will. It's oh, go ahead fucking impressive that people on the south side of chicago are concerned about safety not right. just for their like the normal day-to-day -day shit but because they're bringing in immigrants like that's that's how you know that this is actually a crisis yeah if the south side if the south siders are concerned for their safety this is about to get fucked yeah well the other thing that i just noticed sort of glancing at that crowd not a lot of white supremacists in there not even a lot of multicultural white supremacists. That's crazy. Yeah. No, it's uh, <laughs> this is I mean, this is what's happening because they're letting all of these uh, migrant uh, migrants in. And then Texas is shipping them to New York and Chicago. And yeah, people are uh, people are getting fed up with this sort of thing. Chicago, of all the places, doesn't have I, I don't know the 
I know the finances better than of Chicago than I do these other cities. They are fucking broke, dude. They don't have the resources to handle anything. And the idea that they're gonna, yeah, that you know, there's a lot of fucking homeless people in Chicago. There's, you know, the pensions are underfunded. The budget's fucked. People are leaving, and now they're busting in all these people that, yeah, the 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 state has to take care of. Well, and what's really crazy about this is they started busing all of these people to New York, D.C., Chicago, everywhere else. And then all of a sudden, all of these places are declaring a state of emergency that they've got a they've got this like crisis on their hands and that they like telling people to or, you know, telling people to stop sending them immigrant or stop coming here. Don't like, you know, uh, Kamala saying don't come. Do not like, come. Do not I'm going to come. <laughs> like, the, you, yeah. they've been it's clamoring weird. for open borders and just bring sanctuary cities. We're going to be a sanctuary city. Yeah. Sanctuary cities and all this bullshit. And then the people start showing up at their doorsteps and now they've got a state of emergency and they've got a, they've got a crisis on their hands. Like, yeah. Y'all. Yeah. Now they want help. Yeah. Now they want help from the federal government. The, who they're defying by being a sanctuary city. Yeah, nobody wants these fucking policies. Like every time uh, you confront like one of these liberal Democrat voters with the result of their policy, they don't want it anywhere near them. You know, these gated communities, they don't want th these uh, migrants there. Everything that they vote for, they want they want it for somebody else, and they want to be able to pat themselves on the back and tell them that they're a good person because look at what I support. But they don't actually support it. They support it in name only. They don't want anything to do with the actual consequences of the policy. Right. It's a great idea as long as I don't have to do anything to be involved with it. If it if it's not going to affect me in my personal life, then amazing let's do this absolutely sounds yeah. wonderful I, I somebody sent me um somebody sent me a, it was like a tick or no not a tick it was a instagram thing where this guy it, i think this was in europe might have been in the the uk and it, it's some march about like you know letting migrants in blah 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 and so this guy's like hey you know will you take will you take one of these migrants into your home and they're like well i would if i had the space for it but you know i <laughs> Like every single one of them was like uh, making up some excuse as to why they couldn't. It's like, well, where are we going to put them? And then, and then they just have no answer, and they're just like, I have to go now. And that, and that, that in a nutshell is the, the left on everything. Uh, they have no answer when you when you scratch the surface of their opinion, they tuck tail and run because they haven't thought this out. Sean. I do not suffer from the affliction of being a good person and I have plenty of lawn space, but I will, I will put up fences and put pigs yeah. out there before I let any immigrants camp out in my lawn. Yeah. I, yeah. I will, no, I will be Clint Eastwood from, uh, from the, that movie. Like I'll be out on my porch. Grand Torino. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. That can't make that movie again. <laughs> not these days. Such an amazing movie though. Oh, I feel like, uh, but yeah, they, you know, they, yeah, I do too. But the, yeah, they vote for these policies. And then when you ask them to put their fucking money where their mouth is and like step up and do the things, uh, walk the walk, they're, they're nowhere to be found. They won't donate to any of these causes. They won't 
stroke a check for something that they claim to believe in. They won't step up and take in a, a migrant family. I mean, how many of these fucking celebrities have like multiple homes that are just kind of sitting around the country empty? Throw a couple families in there. Put them up. You got the money. You're not using the house. You don't need. Bernie Sanders has three fucking homes. Right. Who's, Imagine who's in those homes. And these are not cheap homes either. Imagine how many migrant families. I mean, because we've seen how many Mexicans they can fit in a fucking Ford Focus. Imagine how many they could fit in one of Bernie's mansions. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, he could t- he could basically empty everybody who's w- currently waiting at the border for DHS to call or to send a text message to the Mexican border patrol and send them across like all the people who are waiting in line there to come, to come across when things are clear, you probably put every one of them in one of Bernie's houses, like border crisis soft. Yeah. And I'm still just, I'm just confused as to why people want to come to the U (laughs) S if if you just give me a few minutes to talk to all these people, I, I think I could explain that there's probably, I mean, I know that they're coming from really, uh, well, we're not Donald Trump would would call them shithole countries, <laughs> but, but the U.S. is rapidly becoming a gigantic shithole country as well. And you're ju- you're jumping out of the frying pan into the fire. But, uh, anyway, I guess we, we got to get out of here on this. Um, what do you got going on this weekend? Anything to plug? Uh, oh, um, I know it's Mother's Day. But on Sunday evening, uh, so I had I had seen this article about how masculinity is dying. And on Sunday evening, I'm going to be joined by uh, Kyle of uh, In Health and Liberty. I think Adam Nutter, uh, Reed Coverdale, and uh, there's one or two others. Uh, Kyle from... Shit, now I can't remember what his show is. Anyway, I've got several guys that are going to come on. We're going to talk about um, the decline of masculinity in the workplace and like what we as men can do to try to bring back like actual manliness in yeah we're let's we're gonna like reinvigorate some toxic masculinity in the workplace like slap her on the ass call her toots let's get back to it i I don't know why we stopped doing this shit to begin with and we're so sunday night we're gonna talk about that and come up with a solution for how we can be more masculine in the workplace all right sounds good stay tuned for that follow us on twitter our handles are right there and uh, you can become a supporting listener of this show if you want to uh, help keep the lights on around here and throw back a few on our new Thursday night happy hours. Um, a lot of people trying to show up late last night missed out on all the fun. <laughs> you know, it, you know what's funny is like it doesn't matter. I, you know, I pushed. We used to start them earlier. I think we used to do them like six o'clock or then maybe six thirty, and then I pushed it an hour because everyone was showing up late. And now people are still trying to show up like an hour and a half after we start, thinking that I'm just gonna hang around and wait for you guys. Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> Didn't you do a? Didn't you do a couple during the summer last year at like eight or eight thirty, and everybody was still thirty minutes late? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Like it, like. It really doesn't matter. And they're all, I think everybody just assumes that, well, everybody else is going to be on time. I can just pop in whenever. But last night was not one of those nights. So uh, I had a, a couple of really, I had a nice conversation with uh, one, one listener for about an hour. And then I, I hung around for a while. 
nobody shows up. So I shut it down. And then right after I shut it down, Sean and company, I get like five or six messages like, hey, is there a happy hour night? What's going on? <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. Sean didn't get the link again. But dude, I sent it out on both. I sent it out on two different platforms. So I got to figure out what happened to why his email just keeps dropping off somehow. I'll just start so, sending yeah, it to him. I'll just start sending it to him myself. But yeah, no, but he wasn't the only one. A bunch of other people, like about 30 minutes after I shut it down, where is everybody? What's going on? And I was like, yeah, well, you know, I'm not just going to sit there by myself waiting for you folks. So let that be a lesson to you. But if you want to become a supporting listener to the show and show up on time to the Thursday night happy hours, we can have a good, we can have a blast. I will link to that in the description. And uh, if you guys do all that for us, we will be back on Tuesday with a brand new episode for you. And until then, you guys know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.